Hey everyone, Falcoflyer here, and welcome to the Under the Ink podcast. Here we chat with our favorite Splatoon 2 streamers about Splatoon and about their Twitch channel. On this podcast, we're going to dive down and share what these Splatoon streamers have been up to and why they're amazing. On today's episode, we have SPL Dylan. Dylan is a newer streamer who has incredible talents when it comes to Splatoon 2. He's a player who strives to be the best he can be and is a great and uplifting player in the Splatoon community. Now this conversation with Dylan was recorded back in April, about two months before this episode is being aired, so if the dates seem a little off, that's why. Without further ado, here's Dylan. Hey Dylan. Yo, how's it going? Pretty good, how are you doing? Mm, Today's been pretty average, you know, just streamed and then, I don't know, just did stuff, schoolwork. Yeah, you have a... You've been streaming a lot during the day since it's nice that you can be home during the day, it seems like. Definitely. Um, online school, like, it's a curse and a blessing at the same time, to be honest, because there's a bunch of pros that come with it, and the one con is probably just not having that social aspect. But everything else is, like, just great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I totally get that. Since I've been working from home now, it's... You know, I can just wear sweatpants and a t-shirt all day and kind of hang out at my nice computer. <laughs> and just play Animal Crossing and just like chill out whenever you want. Exactly. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, let's go ahead and get started. So when did you start playing Splatoon? Oh, um, I actually started playing Splatoon the day Splatoon 1 came out. Like I had it shipped to my house. I was so, but I was so excited. But to be fair, like, I was such a scrub at the game. Like, I didn't know anything about competitive. I was just that stereotypical Luna Blaster with Ninja Squid main. <laughs> oh, so you're one of those players. I was, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. So, um, Splatoon 1, I assumed you played some ranked, Turf War, kind of did everything the game has to offer? Yeah, I, um... Mostly played ranked in like Splatfest. I wasn't a big fan of normal turf war, and I still kind of to this day am not. I'm more of like a ranked person in general, but I staggered around like A rank. I wasn't like some top tier player in Splatoon One. I was average. Okay. Um, yeah, Splat One had only three ranked modes. Three of the four that are currently in Splatoon Two: Splat Zones, Rainmaker, and Tower. Um, yeah. Which one of those three did you find that you excelled in the most in Splatoon 1? Definitely tower control, because Luna Blaster, like, what goes, you can't go wrong with Luna Blaster on tower control. And mm -hmm. plus it was a conjoined rank, so tower control just carried me to higher ranks. Oh, you only had one ranking in Splatoon 1? It was, yeah, all of the ranks, it was just like your one rank you had for each mode was conjoined. Oh, okay. I actually didn't know that. I haven't really um, explored too much in Ranked in Splatoon 1. It's good to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So, did you play Splatoon 1 for pretty much the entire, I'll say, lifespan, lifespan of Splatoon 1 before Splatoon 2 came out? Yeah. Uh, I, like, there were times where I would kind of fall out and, like, look at other games, but it Splatoon since it came out has definitely been like my main game even if i didn't take it seriously it was always like 
the game I jumped back into whenever I was bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a pretty nice pick up and play game if you only have like, you know, 30 minutes a day that you can play. Okay, I'll just do a few few matches here. Yeah, exactly. Like you can always just like and plus there's so much replay value out of that game. You really can do whatever you want. Like you can chill and play turf or like host a private battle with your friends or try and improve in rank. Like there's just so much you can do. Yeah, that's true. So out of anybody that I have interviewed so far in the podcast, um, you've actually been streaming the least amount of time compared to anybody. Um, you've only been streaming for about a month now. Is that right? <laughs> Not even. Not even a I, month. No, I've been, well, one month would be the 24th of April because my first stream was on my birthday because all the equipment given to me was given by the community and it was like a birthday slash we want you to stream gift and it was it was really cool the capture card was like there and the mic was there it was it was really nice of them oh wow that's really nice um was there one particular streamer that kind of um accelerated that process cornflower she basically was the like how do i say this she was like the host of it she gathered everyone's like information and she saw if people wanted to donate towards it and she actually gave me this little like birthday card that had everyone's little quotes that they wrote for me in it and it's just it's super cool to see oh yeah that's super nice that's so sweet yeah so you've been streaming for about less than a month but a lot of people in the Splatoon community, we, I know it's, you know, kind of awkward to point out, but like, you're an extremely good player. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you're the only one that I've interviewed who's actually finished top 500 in a month um, out of any month since the game's been out. It's a big deal to me. To yeah. Those numbers. I mean, it's a big deal to everybody, too. Um, of course. How many, how many months have you finished top 500 in a mode? Um, four. Four. Okay. Are those all pretty recent months? Um, all in like the past six months, yeah. I think one month I had a fallout, but the rest of them were all consistent per month. The one month I fell out was February. Okay. Well, other than that, all of the other ones, like I've got one in March, January, December, and November. All of those I've gotten top 100. Oh, that's so cool. Um. <laughs> Is there any mode in particular that you find it to be more often than others? Rainmaker. Three of them are Rainmaker. One of them's Zones. Okay. Oh man, that's so cool. Tell me about Rainmaker. What do you like about it? Like, Rainmaker just, it suits my weapon. I really can shark to the ability that I want to that I can't in like Zones or Clams because Clams is more like there's a lot of defense being played and you really have to know when's the right time to push but Rainmaker like if they're two down it's just go and you just hope you don't mess up and try and kill as many people as you can on your way there you know mm -hmm. and you say Rainmaker is um, suited for your weapon you play the Glugadeco most often right? Yep mm -hmm. so what in particular about it do you think is best for Rainmaker? Well, the baller acts as a bodyguard slash a, like trailmaker, which is really good. If like they're three down, I can just 
press this way a few times, the Rainmaker's like, oh, he has Baller, and then I just run and they KO. It's pretty, it's pretty useful. And the walls are also good for Rainmaker pops because the wall, I can go as close as I want to the Rainmaker, and if it pops in my face, the wall's there. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Do you find that certain stages are better suited for the Gluga Decos? Definitely. Um, maps that are not like fully flat like Port Mackerel, those don't work well because those have lots of opportunities for flanks. But maps like Skipper, I find like there's flat areas in it, but there's also like some type of elevation in it where I can use walls to my advantage but not just fully rely on my walls to defend myself mm -hmm. see and that's kind of funny because um port mackerel is one of my favorite stages and it's really because it's just it's very i feel like it's like arena based or i don't know how to describe it it feels more like um like a maze almost in the middle yeah yeah and that's kind of why i like it but it's funny that um that's that's one that uh <laughs> you don't really prefer no, I do like the map, it's just the walls don't really work that well because it's so easy to get flanked if you're in mid or if you're trying to push because just you can just, oh, go around this wall and then boom, you're there. It's like the walls don't really help that much. Yeah, that's true. It's harder to position yourself there. Mm -hmm. So this past weekend, um, you played in Snowpoke's Tournament Ink Theory and... Mm -hmm. You played on a team called Rat Nation, and you guys actually got second place. Yeah, it was just a little pickup with friends that I played with in the past. Their majority of them are from Upgrade, like Anthony and Cotton. They're both from Team Upgrade. We mm -hmm. actually played against them in the first tournament in the finals, and we lost to them with my other pickup. So that kind of started the whole, yo, do you want to like play together? You're really cool. And I was like, sure. So I met them through that tournament, and then I was able to play with them through that same tournament, which was really cool to me. Yeah, because we know Cotton in the um, competitive scene. He's a very, or they're a very strong player. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was really cool that they, uh, they're, they're like, hey, yeah, you seem cool. Why don't you play? Yeah, he's really cool, and he's just like always up there, just killing everyone, and I just, it's insane to me. Mm -hmm. I, he was in, um, one of my solo queue matches i think on sunday morning and you know <laughs> or two in a row just carried back to back oh yeah he i i was talking to him a little bit he um basically he was grinding just rank for fun and he got so close to 2900 in tower control this month he was 2899 i was like dude i would have cried i would have been like so sad oh man went away from that milestone yeah that's so crazy lost 100 points which is just oh stinks yeah and when you're up that high that's like like two losses yeah he was number two in the world like what do you like what do you even expect to happen at that point yeah yeah oh man that's so crazy just the thought of that is just insane to me mm-hmm that's true um so what what's the highest position that you ended at Ooh. um Around like mid 300, probably like 330, 350 range. Awesome. If you want, I can take a moment to like check it real quick. Sure. This one's 340. That one's, oh, 296. 
is my highest. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Top 300 there. Mm-hmm. That's just crazy to me. But, like, solo queue, it has a lot of randomness in it, so you can't really... Like, even though those numbers are nice, there is a lot of randomness that comes with playing solo queue, so you can't fully judge that type of stuff, but it's a pretty good estimate. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, you know, have their complaints about solo queue, and it's totally understandable because, like you said, it's a lot of randomness. Um, you can't yeah. choose your teams. Um, you can choose when you play, but that's really... You can't the... really decide who you're playing with at that time. Exactly, exactly. Unlike League, where you know you have a squad and most of the time you're chatting with each other because you are purposely playing with each other. Yeah. But we do see a lot of players who are constantly top 500 in solo queue. Um, so I think there's some aspect where it shows kind of like the 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 pool you belong in, but not necessarily your standings within that pool. Exactly. Like there's definitely the few people who like pop off certain rotations and they get like, oh, 200 points throughout the whole rotation and they end up top 500 at the end of the month. Like that's just them. Like I do this sometimes. If I have a good rotation, I will get like, if I hit 2,600 in a mode, I'm usually done. Like I'm just going to not play. But that also only judges my skill off that one rotation. So how can you really judge top 500 that well? Mm -hmm. Because it's, um, it's where they it's where they actually end it's not where they max out right yes okay so yeah that's true because it's you know if other players are doing what you you do it's like okay i had a really good mode or really good session here i'm gonna stop um and just see how well this fares um relative to everybody else's ranking mm -hmm. yeah that's why it's hard to run into top 500s at the end of the month because like they're usually like, okay, I'm happy with this. I'm just going to stop because I don't want to risk losing points. And that's fair because you can literally lose like 300 points in a rotation if it goes that poorly. Mm -hmm. That's it's just a good how point. solo works, to be honest. Yeah. And then on the other end of the spectrum, if you play uh, the very first placements at the beginning of the month, basically, if you finish you will be top 500. <laughs> um. Yeah, you can literally lose all 10 matches in the time span of like 20 minutes. Like if even, if that was possible, you could still get top 500 just because of how fast you finished. Yeah, I remember, I think it was the beginning of this month. I was paying attention. I kept refreshing the app to see when the first person would finish um, their placements. Oh, yeah. And I think it was um, at like 33 minutes after um, it started. <laughs> That's insane. I know. So let's, you know, you could assume that there were maybe a hundred people who were purposely trying to throw all their matches. This one person was lucky enough to uh, be done first. And, you know, they, even though they threw all their matches, they still ended with like a 1930, yeah, whatever. Like number one in the world, which makes no sense. Yeah. It's just kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, like I was in, a, I remember this was probably like January or February, but it was a tower control rotation and I was playing the first rotation of the month. And I, I won all 10 of my matches, and I was placed position 2 with K-Pro, and then I lost it. I was like, at the end, of the, the end of it, I was like position 30, just because it was just how fast I finished. I was like 25, 30 at the end of it. I mean, don't get me wrong, that's a solid power, but 
there's obviously people who will eventually pass me just over time yeah and i think it's funny too when you win you gain points but you see your uh, ranking just drop oh yeah that's the funniest thing yeah <laughs> it's like oh you got these points but other people got them faster so you're not really making any progress yeah you did well but these people just did better, better. so yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um so you also played it you mentioned you um, face Cotton and his team in the first Ink Theory, um, which yes. was in March. What other tournaments have you participated in? Um, we've done, like, I used to be on a team called Ultra Squids. I have nothing against them. I just didn't feel like I was really fitting in a team yet with how I played. I had to, like, work on myself. But other than that, we played in a bunch of, like, small tournaments. I know we played... We actually, I just played in Beacon with my friend Cornflower and a pickup that we were planning to go to Beacon, but since the virus, we weren't able to go. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that, Um, how they, luckily, I'm glad they still had the tournament, but, you know, obviously it was strictly online, there was no um, meeting up in person. Yeah, it kind of irritated me playing in that because, like, a lot of stronger teams that weren't really playing, like, they weren't going to Beacon, got were able to play. And they kind of just demolished. Like, I was expecting to go up against people I thought I could do fairly well against, but it was a Swiss bracket, so we made top cut, and then our first real tournament game was against Quantum, and we got wrecked, so like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't even think they were going to Beacon in the first place, so that oh, that kind of made me upset, but it's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're still waiting to hear about Riptide since that's in September. We're not. Um, Hopefully, this whole thing blows over before then. But you yeah, never know, really. Exactly, you never know. Um, so what advice would you give to people who are new to this game? Let's say they they pick it up, they are just getting their feet wet in ranked mode, and you know, since you're a streamer, you I don't know if you've had this happen yet, but it definitely happens to all Splatoon streamers. People say, "Hi, I'm new. Is this game still worth getting? How do I get good?" Um. I've gotten the, um, I've gotten the, is the game still good? But I remember only getting the, how do I get good? Once, and it was actually today. I, like, this person just came in and was like, hey, I'm really new to this game. Do you know, have any pointers for, like, a newbie? And I was like, of course. Main thing I told them was play motion controls. That's, like, that's a given. Because motion is just statistically shown as superior over sticks because you just you just have that little tool that helps you correct your aim mm -hmm. yeah that's probably the number one um yeah the number one feedback that a lot of people give to newer players is you know they ask are you using motion controls and a lot of the times newer players will say no it's too hard but yeah or it's like it's too weird yeah but from all of our experience like you just really have to practice with it mm -hmm. yeah i also give people i also credit wadzum for his beginner videos i'm like dude you have to watch him he tells you how to use your map effectively he tells you how to be aware of your header how to know when to push objective when to not it's just he's super helpful too mm -hmm. yeah yeah wadzum's a good player Um, it, the thing with the Glugas, I feel like those aren't really beginner weapons. 
Um, they're they're hard weapons to master. Um, you and Snowpoke do a very good job with them, although she uses the uh, the vanilla glucose. She uses vanilla. Yeah, but um, do you tell people or do people ask if the weapon that you're using is one that they should play, or um, do you kind of recommend a different weapon? I tell people to play whatever weapon they want to play. Like, I really don't... I mean, there's definitely weapons that are better than others, yes. But it is shown that literally you can make any weapon work if you try hard enough. Yeah, there might be weapons like Blah Blubber and Clash Blaster that are really hard to get good at just because they're not the best weapons, but they can still work. Like, they're they're not quote-unquote viable if you, like, think competitively, but... I think you can really make any weapon work if you put your mind to it. Yeah, we do see a good mix of um, the weapons at the end of the month during the or when we can see the top 500 um, placements because luckily they do show which weapon I think it's they use the most or they use most recently. I don't really know what the criteria is. I think it's just the amount that reached top 500. Like I've thought about it. I'm like, wait, I'm technically adding to the Galuga poll of people that actually use it, which I'm helping that percentage go up sometimes. But in reality, there's always weapons that will outshine Galugas like K-Pro and K-Shot. Those are always like the most used. It's inevitable. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think we, was it today the English notes for uh, 5.2.0 update came out? I don't know if it was today, but I definitely got a hold of the translated like an hour after they came out. Okay. I was just on it. Yeah. Um, any any feedback you want to share from it? Um, I think they might have nerfed Tent a little too hard. The ballpoint nerf, it was needed, but they kind of went overboard with that as well. They also didn't nerf weapons I was expecting a nerf from. Like, I was expecting a nerf from Junior and Splattershot, but we didn't get that. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people were kind of expecting that from the Junior. <laughs> yeah, um, just the, the amount of ink armor it gets off is insane. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I mean, I'm a little biased towards it. <laughs> yeah, as, yeah, yeah, But, I you know. You. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I understand. <laughs> um, so... You've been streaming for a month now. What goals do you have for your channel um, going t- into the summer and the rest of 2020? Um, like the highest hopes I have is like getting partnered. That would be such a cool thing to happen, but like that's way down in the future. Once views become more consistent, like I'm averaging a pretty decent number for a Splatoon streamer, but. Not average numbers yet for partnered. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. All right, Dylan. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk to me. Of course. It was fun. I appreciate it. And for those of you listening, if you want to follow Dylan on Twitch, you can go to twitch.tv slash SPL underscore Dylan. Streaming most weekday uh, mornings right now, kind of late mornings, early afternoon um, in the U.S. US East time. All right, Dylan. Well, thank you so much. All right. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Bye. See ya. 
thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you are a Splatoon streamer and would like to be a guest on this podcast, feel free to reach out to me, Falcoflyer, on Twitch and Discord. Check me out on Twitch too. I stream Splatoon three to four times a week on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and once over the weekend on twitch.tv slash Falcoflyer. If you like what you are hearing, feel free to follow me on Twitch, subscribe to me on YouTube, and subscribe wherever you are hearing this podcast. That's all for me today. Have a great one.